Wow. And so you said they gave you some tickets. I've heard some outrageous numbers. Like, how how much are they fining people for having Airbnbs? Well, I think it varies, but, uh, well, I know it varies. But so my, at the end of the day, I paid them a 1000 plus, and I owe them probably 10000 more. Jeez. So I know some other people who owe ten and fifteen and 30000 And then some people, I do know someone else who told me, and I haven't seen it to verify it myself, but I think she owes almost 100000 mm. So what happens is once they come in, they treat you like you're a hotel. So if you don't have sprinkler system, proper sprinkler system, proper fire extinguishers, if you have locks on in- interior doors, uh, a whole host of things, they'll write a ticket for any of that. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Drive. <laughs> yeah, and today uh, was episode 78, and today we got a special guest coming all the way from New York. Uh, we have Joy Williams with the Home Sharing Association of America, the Vice President. How you doing, Joy? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for coming on, because I know you're probably busy, um, especially with everything that's going on in New York. Um Matter of fact, because we we just seen in the news, because we're in Texas, and we just seen in the news that you guys actually had a big victory. So how is that? How is that coming along? So, so we did have a big victory. So it it, but it's a temporary victory. So it is mm-hmm. a temporary injunction uh, against the law that the city council passed, which they basically wanted to take all of our information, those people who are using Airbnb or other any other home sharing platform and then give it to the Office of Special Enforcement, which is uh, basically law enforcement, so the, the police of the Airbnb world. So, yeah, so the judge said that this was a violation of Fourth Amendment rights for the companies. So that was great that he's not going to um, let this law go into effect in, um, in when it was scheduled to go into effect in February, and that the trial can commit. So we don't know what the city's going to do, but we're prepared to continue to fight wow wow that's awesome i mean at least because i um the city that we have a city down here called uh grapevine and they just kind of had the same thing they banned airbnb and the everyone what they did was they pretty much got an injunction against the city and kind of puts a temporary kind of like a i guess you can consider it a grace period right if you will um Mm -hmm. so you can continue to do it i guess and without any fines or penalties so, and, and I noticed, and one thing I, I really stuck out to me about your group was you guys are home sharing. Do you, in your association, do you guys distinct your, your yourselves from, like, people who, hey, they have a house over here and they Airbnb that, or you guys stick it only to people that home share, like people that live in, live in their property? So we don't, we're, we don't make that distinction, really, because really the problem with making that distinction is to assume that we want to agree with some part of the law, mm-hmm. and we don't, and then to say that, you know, we're defining what kind of property you have. So we're, most of us are sharing our homes and live in them, but that, that, there's no distinction for that in the law. So the current law says that anybody, whether you live in the house or not, is 
if you're if you're renting out an entire unit and I own a three family, if I'm renting out the entire unit two or three, then it's illegal. Mm -hmm. So we so we don't we're not judging that because we think the law is wrong and that yeah. we need to fight the law, right? So we yeah. So we include everybody. We include people who don't want to who don't really care for people who use Airbnb, and that would be that would include like um people who do bit bread and breakfast, the more traditional ones mm -hmm. in the city, there's no there's no law that permits them to do that, but they like to make a distinction for themselves. They like to think of themselves differently, and they don't want to um, combine themselves with us. They think there's some benefit to it, and there's really, I don't see it, but but we, we would welcome them if they want to participate with us, too, so... Okay. Wow. So was it like during this whole home sharing while people were doing Airbnb, because uh, one of the problems we had here in Texas was the cities were actually the city of Arlington in particular, which is where the Dallas Cowboys play. They were actually collecting taxes from the hosts and then they were trying to put pretty much st uh, stipulations on it. So and but they had to kind of overturn it because they were collecting tax money. Was the New York city of New York or any of the boroughs in New York were they collecting tax money from any of the hosts or? So, no, and not in any of the boroughs they weren't collecting taxes because I, I think I think they recognize that would be a problem. But in some of the counties in um, upper state New York and upstate New York, they are collecting taxes. So, and some of them, some of those counties have made agreements with the with uh, Airbnb. So it depends on where you live specifically how this is uh, um, take you know how they how they look at it, and it's different in every county. Wow. Okay. If so, because I know you guys are particularly in New York. Do you guys like plan plan on expanding to other states? Like, have a HSAA chapter in New York, uh, not New York, but in Texas or Washington State or something like that? Yeah. So we plan to expand wherever anybody needs needs the support. So we have helped have, um, talk to other people and tried to help them out when they when they request from us. So, and there are a couple of other organizations throughout the country, I think, that are similar. But, yeah, we definitely want to expand. And we feel that even if, even if not under our banner, that we need to be a more organized force um, nationally because that's what the hotel industry is doing mm -hmm. and how they're, um, you know, getting information out that is really disinformation and we want people to be informed no matter where they are. Because I think as, as a collective, we have more power and just more information, and then we can figure out what it is we're fighting. I think in New York, it's hard for people to really know what's happening. And the city's mm -hmm. not helping us in that regard. So you think, <clears throat> uh, this is Steve, by the way. How you doing, Joy? Good, Steve. How are you? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Um, sipping on a Corona currently. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyways, um, a question. Do you think that the city council is in the pockets of the of the hotel industry? Definitely. Well, we know we know they we know they are, and we know largely that they are receiving money from from the city uh, from the hotel lobby. Uh, that is public information, so I'm not speaking out of turn on that. Um, there, when this law came up to be passed, the um, the city council knew in advance because the, the New York affiliate of the ACLU said that this is a violation of Fourth Amendment rights, among other things. So they knew that. But when they came to pass it, not one person spoke up against it in any form. So really how 
the laws get passed, the physical day when they pass them, the actual day when they pass them in the in the um, in the in the chamber, they they have a number of laws that they pass. So each person will uh, affirm that they're going to pass all of these things. So they're not putting up anything that they think is not going to pass. So well, some people will say, I have an issue with this. I have an issue with that. Even though I have an issue with this law, we're going to pass it. I'm going to my, I'm going to vote for it. Or they'll say that I'm going to vote against it. But really, what happened that day was not a single person in that chamber said anything against this law. So um, clearly, this is a problem to us that because this is our new speaker, Corey Johnson's initiative. He came out highly against um, Airbnb when he when he started, and the and he got Carolina Rivera to to introduce this bill. So those are the people that are were standing on, on the side of the bill. Um, and the, and the people feel that they have to support that. Otherwise, whatever they're doing for the rest of the session won't be heard. So there's a problem in our structure, but a problem in this bill. And they, and they are all, not all, but the majority of the people in the city council to get money from the, from the hotel lobby. So they are definitely in their pocket. Wow. That's crazy. It really is, and and I'm happy you keep bringing up the Fourth Amendment. So it sounds like uh, the pretty much the city of New York had people actually going to people's houses and walking in and inspecting them. Well, so there are two things. So the the the, the city has been doing that. So, and I'll tell you about me. But the the law itself says that they want they want so much information. They want our names, addresses, our 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 uh, what kind of units we have, and we're fine with that. But they also want things on how much money we're making, they, they want a whole, like, where this money is going, the accounts that this money is going to. So they, they want um, more information that is reasonable. So they also, the other fact that the, the New York chapter that ACLU talked about was that the data supplier or the, or the, the company that the, 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 uh, the Office of Special Enforcement used to aggregate this information is the same that's used by ICE and, and the CIA. So there's no no protections or provisions to protect our data and our information. And we live in a country, and some people forget this, that you just don't give over your space, your right to search and seizure, just because you have some some um, wild complaint. You you need specific subpoena ability, and the, and the, uh, and there needs to be some evidence of a crime. So innocent people should be able to have the private enjoyment of their home and their data, and this doesn't do that. So, but what the city has been doing before, and they still do, is they send out people from the Office of Special Enforcement. There'll be a, a person from the Office of Special Enforcement, a person from the Building Department, a person from the Fire Department, and a police officer. And when they come to the door without a warrant, they will knock. If they can get in, they will get in. Uh, if a door is open or if they can open a door, they will come in. They will come without a warrant. They've, they've done this time and time again. They came up to my door. They've been to my house three times. Mm. Mm. And um, they will convince people that they need to let them in. And they, they're they not advising people of they have a, a right to privacy and they don't have to let anybody in, even though there's a police officer, unless he has a warrant. So once you're in, what they once they get in, they write tickets for anything from the top of your house to the bottom, wherever they are. So, and that's their goal. There, it's not a compassionate thing because when they came to me 
I had the second time they came to me, or it could have been the third time they came to me, I had gone to court once, and I thought I was doing the right thing. I had gotten back a dismissal for one part, but not for the other. So I assumed that they were together. And the actual other part went to another address. It didn't come to my address. So I, um, I, I, you know, I was doing what I thought was right. And as I explained that to them, they didn't care. They just wrote more tickets. Mm. I went and I got the documentation to say, like, this is what I have. And, I, and this is what I think I'm doing. And I think this is right. And they're like, mm, no. So problematic. That's kind of so, scary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, being this is I'm the sorry? United States of America and they can use like Gestapo type tactics to just break in and or not break in, but coerce you to get your get your door open so they can go and um, shake you down for money. That's that's like uh, mafia type stuff right there. Yeah, it, it feels that way. It feels that way. So even when I spoke to the mayor in uh, August of 2016, before he was elected, to say that, you know, I, I didn't really want to debate him on the law. I, I knew that it's a process and we need to work to change the law. But he talked about how we had to do this because of these bad actors and these large buildings. But that's not what's happening. There are some bad actors and there are some large buildings that need to be addressed. But for the most part, and they know by my address, they can look up the property, that I own a three-family house. So the, the claims that they're making are largely untrue. I'm not permanently taking off um, housing off the market because, in fact, it was off the market. Well, at least one of the units was off the market anyway. So I'm not obligated to rent it out. It can be easy. It can be open. It can be, you know, but they're telling me if I want to rent it, I have to rent it to someone for, for um, a longer period of time. Whereas if you buy a house and, and the same property, you can take the units and make them one, so you can permanently destroy uh, units of housing, which, hap- which is happening around here. The developers are buying up units and turning them into single-family homes. So if you have a lot of money, you can make a single-family home, but if you need more money, you can't rent out for a short period of time. So that's ironic to me because they're one of the big concerns you hear people. Oh, they're you know they're taking away they're taking houses off the market because they're turning them into Airbnbs. Whereas they'll allow someone to go buy in a multi unit and turn it into one, literally taking mm-hmm. uh, two, three, or four units off the market. But they're cool with that. Yeah, they're fine with that. They're fine with it. That's so, insane. And, the, and the 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 um, complaint is that this is aiding in gentrification when in fact it's a reverse. So the, even the controller, he, he issued a report on how um, women make less than, than men and black women in particular make less. So a lot of the people in Harlem where, where I am that I know who are doing this are women who make less. So the opportunity for them to make more in their house is to invite people into those other, other units that they have to make more to sort of bridge that gap. Um, um, unfortunately, they're not interested in that. They're not interested in trying to figure out what would be an anti-gentrification stance. They're not interested in that, and they have no plans on any of that. And it's disingenuous on the behalf of the of the hotel industry to say that they're interested in it at all. They're, they're not. They're just interested in their own profit. Hmm. And how how is Airbnb and VRBO, how are they helping y'all in this fight? Mm, good question. So, um, v- VRBO hasn't really helped us in this fight at this point. So the the lawsuit, you, you probably know that VRBO and HomeAway are owned by Expedia. I think HomeAway was the name party in the lawsuit, so they joined with Airbnb. So Airbnb uh, 
has been first on the forefront of getting hosts together and building community. So some of that community building has been around uh, advocacy and and helping us fight, um, wow. you know, fight fight the fight locally in the city and the state. So we we are working on developing our partnership even further this year so that we can be more coordinated. And at the same time, we really want to make sure that people know the voice of the host. I think what happens in this conversation is people get so um, angry with Airbnb. It makes no sense to me, but they get angry with Airbnb and they forget that Airbnb is just a platform we use. And as as hosts, it's, it's nice, but that we're just using it as a platform. We don't own stock in it, at least we don't now, right? They propose hmm. to somebody. But we don't own stock in it. It's just the platform we use and we use other and many of us use other platforms, whatever is gonna work best for us. So that's uh, what what our goal is, is to develop that partnership while still remaining independent. I was, okay, a little series of questions here. Um I assume I assume there's some, been some fighters in your family, and and what's provoked you to take on uh, such a fight like this? Yeah, so yeah, I pretty much try to do what's right. But when someone came to my door, and really it was a bully tactic. So when the when the um, first officer came to my door, and he uh, was with three other guys, and when he walked off the steps, he turned around and said to me. We have other ways of getting in your house. Damn. What? So I took that as a threat, and, you know, I try not to give in to bullies. So, you know, in my perspective that this house is a blessing to me, God blessed me with it, uh, you know, I had the money, I figured all that stuff out, but it was definitely a blessing, and I felt like I have to stand up for my right to have my house and to do what I think is right. The other problem with it is I went to a hearing in January of 2017, and um, the Office of Special Enforcement never told us after that hearing, which was a rules hearing, how they were going to implement the rules. So if you wanted me to stop doing it, all you had to let me know was you would come after me if I did it. Then I could have figured out what to do that was right. So on the, on the one hand, you're saying, I shouldn't be doing this. On the other hand, I can't find out the information about what, what is happening until people start getting violations until I start getting them because I thought I was doing what was right. I thought it made sense for me because I live in my house and I own this house that I rent out those units. It's not subject to rent stabilization or um, because it is three units. So I figured I could do what I wanted to my house and they're tell- with my house and they're saying, no, you can't. But they didn't even have the, the courtesy to say this is how we're implementing the law after we spent all day in a hearing to hear to tell them what we thought. They never issued those rules. And when we met with the executive director office of special enforcement, he acknowledged that his website wasn't up to date. There's no place that if anybody's trying to do this, they can find out that information. Wow. And so you said they gave you some tickets. I've heard some outrageous numbers. Like how how much are they fining people for having Airbnbs? Well, I think it varies, but. Uh, well, I know it varies, but so my at the end of the day, I paid them a thousand plus, and I owe them probably ten thousand more. Jeez. So I know some other people who owe ten and fifteen and thirty thousand, and then some people. I do know someone else who told me, and I haven't seen it to verify it myself, but I think she owes almost a hundred thousand. Mm. So what happens is once they come in, 
they treat you like you're a hotel. So if you don't have sprinkler system, proper sprinkler system, proper fire extinguishers, if you have locks on in- interior doors, uh, a whole host of things, they'll write a ticket for any of that. So it makes it um, very difficult for people. And there's no opportunity to cure this defect or even to say, I'm not doing it any longer. You shouldn't be finding me for it. So I think that's the problem because I think in commercial buildings, if the, if the um, building department comes and issues a violation, they have an opportunity to correct it. We don't. Mm. Wow. That is crazy. And so you said they do want to put like a cap on how long you have to rent. Like here, like when they cook caps, we usually switch over to like corporate renting, renting to like traveling nurses. What's like the minimum stay that you got that, that the city wants for someone to stay to not consider it a short-term rental? Yeah, so that would be 30 days. So 20, okay. 29 days is illegal, 30 days is legal. Okay. Wow. Okay. Like everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I have an interesting like out of left field question. And and I'm saying it because you mentioned keywords, you know, like um, gentrification, and we spoke mm-hmm. of, um, you know, you know, housing, whatever, taking houses off the market. Um, where does the um, the civil rights um, part of this? What are the, the people that push for civil rights? Where do they fall in this um, in this um, pro or against um, Airbnb um, fight going on? So <clears throat> we have had some people that are in the more traditional civil rights, right? And they found the side of Airbnb and, and, and other platforms such as Airbnb. And they do that because it does provide us an opportunity to stay in our homes. So, you know, what happens traditionally is when a neighborhood is on the upswing, right, the, the um, taxes go up, the um, other people move in and making things more expensive for the people who've been there for a long time. So this gives people who've been there for a long time an opportunity to make some additional income. There are a lot of people who have full uh, townhouses that are multiple units that use any one of those single units only for family or friends, or they might have, you know, just guests. So, so those people, so that's why people are, are in support of it, because they know that it provides people another opportunity to make additional income and actually stay in the neighborhood. And and, wow. and I kind of asked that too because like I, I see articles all the time and I and I've see, and I saw the article about um, y'all fighting this and, and y'all had this victory in New York and and it's funny and the article was even pro I mean it was saying hey you know the Airbnb people had this little victory whatever but the picture they showed you know it talked about the Airbnb fight was a bunch of people of of color like us. And holding up signs against Airbnb. And that's the picture that the newspaper, or I say newspaper, online paper, decides to put forefront. So that's why I was asking that question. Whereas you say it's the opposite. People uh, of the civil rights you know, movement are for Airbnb. But if you look at the news, you look at the, the footage they give us the, from L.A. to New York, it's people of color. Looks like they're against Airbnb. So if you look, if you think about it, what has happened is some of the hotel trade associations, some of those lobbies represent um, the the lower levels of hotel workers, right? Because the the trade organizations itself they represent the, the management and the and the hotels. But so the the lower levels of, of the trade organizations of the of you know the working class, and I I, I mean I say lower level is in lower. Um, receiving lower economics from the hotel 
so the, the working class workers, you know, these proud individuals who've been working for quite some time, um, in this fight they're aligned with the uh, with the, the overall hotel lobby, which is represents the, the, the CEOs and the companies and the CEOs making $11 million, right? So $11 mm. million to someone making $15 an hour. So those, those, the hotel trade is aligned on other issues with other organizations that um, want to protect union workers. So they have positioned it such that union workers may feel that they're at threat. But the interesting thing that happens is when we're sitting in chambers with our, our fellow uh, workers they, and they listen to what people are saying, they do recognize that some of this, what we're talking about, makes sense. And some people who are in HSAA used to work in hotels. Some of them find themselves out of work and needing to uh, rent their space to other people, right? So I think uh, it is convenient for for newspapers to do that, but it's positioned that way from from the hotel trade to say, let's put all these working class people together. So it it makes it seem like if they believe the argument that the hotel trade is telling them that this is against them and against working class people, that they should be for, for stopping Airbnb, which is not true. So a couple of things we know, like if, if a black person or a person of color has a house and they're selling it next to a, a, a white person, the person of color makes less money. This is what we know. It's not something that Airbnb did. So when they talk about that black people make less money than white people in Airbnb units, I believe it because that's what happens in the general market. But for, for other things, but it's not, it's not caused by Airbnb. So they want to manipulate the story to, talk, to make it seem like that this is a problem. So we have other people, like some people that uh, worked at the National Action Network, which, you know, uh, Al Sharpton's organization, and Danny Glover, people who are focused on economic development, who are on our side. But there are other organizations that are aligned with the hotel trades, and because they support them, they come hmm. out sometimes. That's a, it's a tangled web, it seems, right? It is yeah. a tangled web. <laughs> and the people in the hotel trade themselves, they support any demonstration because they're paid to show up. Oh, they're paid to show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. You can tell they're paid to show up because if you're sitting inside the chamber and it hit, the clock hits whatever time, they get up and leave because they do not stay a minute past their getting paid time. <laughs> they clock out. <laughs> yes. Man. That's crazy. So, I mean, it's it's super brave of you to to want to be at the forefront of this fight especially in the most visible city you know on, maybe on the planet and i'm sure but i mean when before you did this were you afraid that there was going to be like a giant target on your back and they were going to go after you every turn that they could the city no so i think i was a little naive in that so i did speak up a lot and i do think my speaking up helped them land at my door mm. right so but after they came to my door it's like you already have my name you already have my number um how can I hide from anything? So, yeah. So I was a, I was a little naive on how, how that worked. Um, so, you know, it, at this point, is be, be as exposed as possible because if something happens, then we're going to know where it came from, right? So if you're coming after me again because I'm, I'm following the rules according to what they are, I disagree with them, but I'm following them according to what you say they are, 
I'm doing I'm doing my part. Um, but you know, I can't walk around in fear of the city, and no one should. And you know, the the thing to me is that all these progressive uh, legislators are not being progressive, and they're on the one hand spewing one thing one day and then against us the next. So we need to hold them accountable. And I, like so many other people, wasn't really that politically active before, but now that I am, it's like, okay, we, we have to fight. We can't let this happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So if New York today were say, hey, Airbnb's banned, the injunction gives up, and they ban Airbnb's, would you continue to do it? Like, what would your exit strategy be to transition into something else? Because that's what we always ask. Because I know they're yeah. trying to ban it here in Arlington, and I've I tell people I'm, I'm I always wait till enforcement. But it sounds like enforcement's already at your door. What would be your exit strategy? Well, so technically, I'm 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 out of the short term rental market. So technically, I'm doing thirty day plus. That's all I'm doing. But the, that law, to be clear, the law was only about. Um, sharing our data and sharing our information. Oh. The law, the law right now in the city is that you can't have more than two people in a unit. Like if you're sharing with two people that are unrelated, you can you can only have two people. But you can't share in any unit without the host being present for more than thirty days for for less than thirty days. So it is illegal in the city for anybody to do it. People all over the place don't recognize it. So all those listings where people really aren't there, they're illegal because the city is going after those people. So, that, so you know, I might go back to doing it um, longer term just because I want to, you know, hunker down and fight it and not be bothered with, the, with this fight for now and then, do, and then go back to it at some other point because the law is going to catch up. People are going to fight and the... When people really recognize that what they're doing is legal because they don't know it's illegal. They thought, there are so many people that own, um, there are so many people that own one and two family homes that think that what they're doing is legal and it's not. So there are 860,000 five family and fewer homes in the city. And I think the the number of those that are Airbnb listed is, is minuscule. So the actual impact is small, but the people who are doing it, they think they're legal. Hmm. They think they're legal. So once they figure out they're not legal, then hopefully they'll all join and be more active in the fight to uh, make it legal, and then we can have the law change. And we're looking to spend some time with the state again this year to pass legislation that will make it legal and start a registration process. So I'm not opposed to giving the the city my information, just like I register and get my driver's license to register to, to do short-term rental. They just don't get all of my information. There's no reason that they need to know how much I'm making. It's not their business. I file my taxes. That's how they should get it, but they shouldn't get it on a month-by-month basis on, on how much they're, how much we're getting from each person. It's not their business. They shouldn't know. There are a whole bunch of things that they shouldn't know. I, I have a right to privacy, and I, I think that they're overstepping their bounds. So we want to make sure that that everybody knows what the city is after, and everybody knows what 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 we want. We want fair, clear rules, and they're not clear. And people think that this victory is the end game. This victory is just temporary, and it doesn't change the law. And they're still going after people. Hmm. Wow. 
That is crazy. That's cool that you're um, you're at the forefront leading the fight, and um, we we really appreciate it all the way over here from Arlington. And before we dive further into this into the fight part, um, we forgot to we'll, we'll ask you a little bit. How did you start um, Airbnb in yourself? How did you um, choose to do home share as opposed to you know offsite? And yeah, and how did it, how how was that going? And how was it you know how did it change your life? HSAA created? So it is officially a year old. We had our first meeting last January. I think it was January 8th. But we had our first meeting last January. There were about, probably about 12 of us. So the group, at the, the core group is a little smaller at the moment. Some people have, you know, moved in and out of doing uh, home sharing and and on and spend their time doing other things, but a pretty committed group of people. So we um, we meet pretty regularly, and um, this year we're going to change up some of the things we're doing because we really need to advance our issues some more. So that's why we're trying to work on our partnership with with Airbnb, and then we'll be reaching out to the other platforms as well um, to join in the fight with us. Has and another thing has Airbnb done anything for your group specifically? To fight the bands, or well, yeah. So they, we we work pretty well with Airbnb, um, especially the people in the New York office. And we, um, you know, sometimes they'll host meetings for us in their space, um, and we work with them. Uh, I've been on television with them. Um, wow. So yeah, so so we we work well with them. Uh, they're a good group of people. The and they're very committed to the fight. So we've gone to Al- Albany together, and they've had some other presentations. So we're we're still planning on, on, on fighting together this year. So, you know, they're a company, and we're hosts, so all of our issues aren't 100% online, but we are, we are very much online. Wow. Okay. Are you... Um... You ever thought about putting your resume in with Airbnb? Maybe they can hook you up with a good gig. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
hadn't really thought about it, maybe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I think, I think it's their advantage if I run as executive director the HSAA that I can be the voice of host. Because once you, there's this um, thing that happens when, when legislators start talking to people who actually work for for Airbnb, the vitriol, the hatred, the you know the shame that they give is is ridiculous, and I, I think it is at the point where um, it's difficult for productive things to happen when it, it is Airbnb and um, legislators. When it, when we have constituents, I think they ha- they haven't paid as much attention to us as much, but but they recognize that we can impact whether or not they keep their jobs. So we're we're hoping to. Um, make more of an impact on them to let them know that we're really disappointed that that not one of them, not one single person on the city. I get it. I get it. And we need to come at to a different way. So the city likes to talk about, well, we need to meet with Airbnb to, um, to come up with a law. And I think that's ridiculous. You don't. You need to come up with something that's fair and just and, um, that actually helps the community, and then Air, Airbnb can implement it. Uh, and and I think that we can help in. Sorry, you're breaking up. Oh, sorry about that. I said when they get in the room with Airbnb, they pretty much they're just too angry to do anything productive. Yeah, just the shouting matches go on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- you know, Airbnb's not not 100% innocent here either, but they they need to do a better job together. So we can mitigate that by working with us. Right, right, right. They need to take a more active role, I think. Because, like, yeah. um, like, I mean, it's... I mean, you're New York City, you know, capital of the world kind of thing. And so Airbnb has a lot of um, interest in the bigger cities, so... Uh, cities like us, like over here in Arlington, they're really not reaching out, really not trying to offer us much help, and you know, in our struggle against um, against them banning it, you know, altogether. And we're um, the thing is, I mean, Micah asked you earlier about uh, if you're differentiate differentiating yourselves from the uh, remote hosts, mm-hmm. but um, you said no, you want it to be all packaged together, and that's 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 a um, a different angle to take because a lot of um, a lot of cities allow it. If you're um, if you're home sharing, if you you know open up your home to Airbnb out of the rooms, whereas what they don't want is people to just um, snap up houses just to turn them into Airbnbs, turning whole you know this is what they're saying is turning whole city streets into just nothing but like a a long line of hotels, little mini hotels. Mm-hmm. But but most yeah. for the most part, the cities haven't messed with home shares as you know as much as they have with the remote hosting. But you said from the from the get go, y'all didn't want to differentiate from the remote hosts and and i mean oh. ha, has there been talks to like to okay let's just go our own way you know let them fight their fight we'll fight our fight uh well so we're not making a judgment about people we don't ask people to say x y or z so we're not making that judgment about them so we do support people in particular who are who are living in their own units so in the city though because you know while we have over 3 million units of housing, and some of those are in large buildings that, and some of those are in rent-stabilized buildings. So we permit anybody to be a member. We're not telling them um, 
that they can't be a member so they can come get the information. And we we want fair rules. And at the end of the day, the rules probably will have a preference for people who are living in those spaces. Um, and some of those rules in larger buildings, people probably won't be able to do, to do it at all. And then in other places where they have rules that where they have like block rules or other rules, those things will be re- regulated. But according to the city, everything is illegal. So we weren't making that judgment on what, who could come to a meeting and who could learn what's happening. Because people don't even know what they're, some of them don't even know what they're doing is illegal. So it was really just, there are people, get people together and let's hack it out so we can figure out what the rules are. When we started, we didn't really know and we didn't know how they were going to be enforced. We didn't know what they were going after. Um, so that's the judgment we're making. At the end of the day, we're definitely want a proper registration and our goal is to have that in units that are not rent stabilized, which would mean five units and less, um, and five units secure. Live on their property. Yeah, you're cutting but out, you're cutting that, out a little bit. Unless you are living in a unit and the people are in the unit with you, it's illegal. It doesn't matter if you live there or not. And that's not, they're not saying, oh, if you live there, we appreciate you. No, they can't stand any of it. So we hmm. need to say, this is what's happening. So people know, if you don't live here or if you live here, you are going to get fined. Right, right, right. Wow. And so, uh, going back to the whole, you know, we'll touch on the home sharing a little bit. I mean, has it, do you see it as a positive force in the neighborhoods, you know, where where you're at? And um, do you see, I mean, has it changed your life for the better? Not just the monetarily, you know, but but meeting people from all over the world kind of thing and just like um, showing them, showing them the real, you know, the real New York. Yeah, so I think it has been um, you know, they're from here, so people are from over the all over the world, but from New York at the same time, they come back because their family is here, but their family doesn't have enough space for them and their families. So I think that's been a great opportunity. It's been other people come, students come, um, and then it helps the the community, our our local restaurants and other things get more support. So that's good because it helps my community on a longer-term basis that, you know, these things are viable because other people come to them. So I think that's helpful, too. Um, you know, my neighborhood is changing, and it's, it's not all what people ex- would expect, but mostly good. So I, I think it's, it has been helpful. Yeah. You know, some people, some hosts spend a lot of time with their guests. I think for me, because I have separate units, People, you know, they get to do what they want to do and act as if they are a part of the community. So I think that's great, too. I mean, you know, I'll provide information and let people know what things to go to, but they can feel like they're a part of the neighborhood. So you don't see, you personally don't don't see any um, negative impacts from, from Airbnb? I don't really see any negative impacts from Airbnb in my area. I think, you know... We can pretend that everything is always positive. I think there are some people that abuse the system because people abuse all sorts of systems. Mm-hmm. People abuse Medicaid and Medicare. I don't think we should get rid of it because people abuse it. I think we have to get rid of the abusers. 
So um, I haven't seen that in my neighborhood. I, I, see, I see more traffic of people um, taking tours, but I don't think that's because they're, they're doing Airbnb. I think it's just because my neighborhood is relatively popular. I do see more suitcases on the street. But you can see me almost every weekend taking a suitcase because I go if I go to Long Island, which I do a lot. I'd have a bag, you know. So I, I haven't seen any real negative impact to it. Yeah, see, because here in Arlington, that's what they're complaining about. They're saying, "Hey, there's party houses." Um, our, our fight's a little bit different than yours. Ours isn't really backed by the hotel industry; it's more or less backed by complaining neighbors. So when people started getting complaints, they started telling the city, then the city brought it to the forefront. Um, so it sounds like our fight may be a little bit different, but I don't know if it seems like y'all probably have a tougher way to go because you're dealing with, directly with the city council. Yeah, and people have complained about party houses and that. Uh-huh. So I, a lot of stuff that we do is to make sure, well, what I do is to make sure people know you can't have a party here. And I think that's the thing that happens with remote hosts, right? So if people rent a place and they know that you're not going to be around, then they can abuse the rules and just, you know, ask for forgiveness as for permission. But um, we do have stuff that some people... But I also do find that there's some people, whether or not they're experiencing a party or whatever, if they don't like the concept of Airbnb and they, it makes sense to them, then they, don't, they can make a complaint and it not be valid. So I think there's weighing that too. There's some people who just want to complain about this. I remember going to an event and a woman, was she was just appalled that there would be more people having suitcases coming down the street. I was like, that's crazy. But okay, so there's some of that too. Was she born in the fifties? <laughs> no, maybe, maybe even, but yeah, yeah, at least the fifties. Yeah, I, I, we've noticed here. Like, I do feel for the people that complain here because they are part of the older community. They're more, you know, sixty, seventy years old, and they just want to live in their uh, their neighborhood. And I do. And I do feel like some of the hosts are to blame because they do go into those neighborhoods, start up these Airbnbs in big four or five bedroom homes. And of course, people are throwing parties if you're advertising it for 25 people, you know. So, like you right. said, you got to get, get rid of the abusers and don't punish everybody. Yeah, we just need to figure out a better way of doing that. Oh. I guess here's my take on the thing. Because um, I've been to New York um, three times, New York City, and I've um, I, I was lucky enough to stay with a friend, you know, a couple times, and then the third time I rented a hotel. And the um, hold on real quick, uh, send to voicemail. Okay, <laughs> I got an incoming call. All right, and so I was lucky enough to. Um, to visit, you know, like I said, stayed with a friend the first couple times, and it was in Jersey City, and so you know, outside of the city, and the and the third time we stayed in Flushing, which is outside the city, also I had to take a train into the city, and so the reason I stayed so far away is because it was um, the hotels at the time were so damn expensive, and mm-hmm. it's like I mean, 
a lot of us we can't afford like i mean back you know especially when you're younger you can't afford you know two or three hundred dollars a night for a hotel and um and so we can't stay in the city we got to stay outside in the outskirts you know go into the city do the touristy things maybe and and get and get our asses back to where we you know where we're staying outside the city before it's too late and i'm like well i don't i see i see it as a a big plus a huge plus that we can stay at an Airbnb, share with some friends, and stay in the city, spend our money in the city at the local spots, you know, not just the tourist spots that we have time to see. Mm-hmm. And then we can, we don't have to, like, hop a train and go all the way across town and go back to, like, outside of the city or go to Jersey, and we're spending our money in Jersey instead of New York City. And so I, it's just, um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's a blessing. And for, you know, New York City, especially, or bigger cities, because we get to actually experience, the, you know, experience it like we're locals. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because, first of all, uh, Jersey City is Airbnb friendly. They embrace Airbnb. So it's easier, even if you're staying in Jersey City, to get an Airbnb. But that is so true. So people would say, I live in Harlem. So people would bring their family. Because if you, you know, if you have four people, uh, you have a family, and then you want to cook, and you want to do all that in your space because you can save money that way, and then see explore the rest of the city. That's easy to do. So it uh, it would be very expensive and pricey for a lot of people to come and stay for the week that they stay usually with me in the past to to afford it if they had to pay the high price, had to pay for food, had to pay for everything. So yeah, it does make it affordable. Yeah, and um, I guess they, in other words, the city, and by being, you know, obviously backed by the hotel lobby, you know, the council, mm-hmm. are saying, no, oh, we like the status quo. We like it for only rich people can come visit New York City and stay in New York City and stay in Times Square and spend 500 bucks a night at a hotel. We like how it is right now. Don't change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They made record profits last year. And so there, a couple of the claims that they're, they're talking about impact them, they made record pro- profits last year. And... The actual thing they talked about how it makes rent prices go up. Rent actual, actual, real rent prices went down. So what's happening now is there are lots of uh, luxury buildings being built, and the luxury apartment owners will keep the price the same but give people a discount so that it appears as if the rents have gone up because, but that's not what's happened. Actual real rents have gone down. So hmm. wow. And had that impact. So there are three million. There are about three million three hundred thousand units in the city, and there are fifty-five thousand Airbnbs. So, uh, and fifteen percent of them, they say, are illegal. It works out to be like point, either between point eight percent and point eighteen percent that were impacting the, the, the housing market which is, no matter how you're figuring it out, it is a, a rounding error at best. So it's not really having that impact that the hotel lobby or the city council would like to say. Wow. Uh, this is a lot of great information you're giving us here, Joy. And um, we really appreciate it that you're at the forefront of the fight. And if you could tell um, our listeners out there, you know, I mean, bands are pretty much going on everywhere across the country, not just um, not just New York, not just L.A., everywhere across the country. These little, you know, cities are, are throwing up these bands. And if you could, like, um, tell our listeners, you know, how, I mean, how do, what, the, what should they do to, to go about, you know, fighting this, to go about, you know, getting, you know, you know, 
going up against the city council if they need to. Yeah. So really what they should start to do is um, reach out to their legislators, join with other people who have the same interests as they do, um, and then reach out to their legislators. If they need help from us, they can find us on our Facebook page, which is the Home Sharing Association of America, the HSAA1. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, and then, you know, because what it requires is people to become involved locally. And what happens is homeowners, people who share homes aren't naturally in groups already, whereas the hotel uh, the lobby is very organized around other issues. This is just another thing for them to think on. So definitely start reaching out, even if you call people. And, and let them know, call your legislators, let them know how you feel, and organize groups of people, because the constituents matter more than the um, lobby when the constituents get the, the uh, city council to be to not be elected the next time. So, if the if the if there are enough of you, and your vote and all of your votes count, change can happen. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess a big thing I see is um, people are afraid to go up there and fight because they don't want to get a target on their back. You know, they're they're like, I'm doing it on the down low. You know, if they start passing some rules, maybe they won't find me. But yeah, I guess I mean they're pushing for legislation to go out and um, and find you. So might as well fight while you can, right? Right. And then the other thing, because I I feel like it's a slippery slope. If you let them do this, they're going to do something else because. They're going to find something else to do. If they're going to take away your right to do what you want in your house, then they'll they'll move the line. So we have to hold them to what's right because they'll just it'll be something else. You think that's not going to impact you? And even if you're not home sharing, but you've heard about this, you really need to make sure your legislators know what you feel. They they need to know that you think you should be able to do this in your house. Now you shouldn't be able to have raucous parties that disturb the neighborhood, but if you want people in your house. It shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I um, that it reminds me of a story I just read about New York City about it was the mayor wanting to um, <laughs> go after bad landlords and confiscating their properties. I'm like, whoa, whoa, confiscating mm-hmm. property? That's some that's some um, <laughs> communist stuff right there. I don't know. Yeah, so recognize this mayor. Thank you, progressive. I I I don't understand what that is. He he. Everything is punitive. How about let's figure out how we can rehabilitate bad landlords? So the the what he's saying is he is just going to seize property and take it over, as opposed to figuring out what's the problem with these people. And we're going to start from there. We're going to seize property. Ridiculous. That's some scary stuff. So yeah, um, I guess you know, tell our listeners, Micah, they should get out there and fight. And um, yeah, <laughs> speaking noise. of fighting, so. We just got a message saying the Arlington PD is knocking on people's doors, similar to what they're doing in New York. Um, and they're telling people that they were given a list of names and homes that were short-term. So I guess they're trying to take those same same tactics here in Arlington. So. Yeah, so let the people know that you still live in the United States of America. If people come to your door, they need to have a warrant. Yeah. Don't be afraid that they're the police. They need to have a warrant. The best way, though, is not to engage with them. 
if you can avoid opening the door for them and them not recognizing that you're there, that's the best strategy. Because one of the things that happens when you open the door that you have to be especially confident in the way that you deal with them because you are annoying human beings, right? That's just humans who think they have the authority and they will tell you anything. You know, we watch enough law and order to know that police officers will say all sorts of things, right? They will tell you anything to get inside. They, they are not your friends. They're not your friends. They are doing their job, and their job is to write as many tickets as possible to make as much money as possible. This, for New York City, is a revenue-generating operation. Mm. This, is not, this is not about, don't think this is about making the city better in that, in that respect, because they could have issues, they, they could issue things, and they could send you notices. They don't have to come. They could say, we have a wrong. Here is a warning. You fix it, and we'll be back. That's not what they're doing. The shakedown. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much, Joy, for hopping yeah. on and, and really opening our eyes. And, and, and thank you for being in the forefront again of the fight. And uh, we really appreciate that. Airbnb, Airbnb hosts everywhere appreciate that. Yeah. And, um, and any parting words you want to you say to our, our listeners and, um, to, uh, yeah, any advice you got for them? Yeah. Well, so, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to share the story to let people know what's happening. But the one thing I do think that people should do is really try to stay informed as to what's happening um, and to try to put pressure on people. It is clear that the squeaky wheel gets the oil, so we need to be less fearful because if we power to bully, they just keep bullying, and that is what's happening. Big that people are bullying, so don't let them bully you. Awesome advice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joy. And uh, we will share all your links on the show. You can get in contact with her directly if you'd like. I mean, if that's cool. And then um, you could, um, yeah, check out the the fight HSAA. We'll we'll put the link on there for that. Yeah, and we'll be sharing it, um, letting people know about your guys' Facebook page as well, the HSAA. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for hopping and on. thank you guys for, for, for telling the story often. We love to hear people sharing the story about home sharing. Oh, yeah. Yes. We love home sharing. We're all in this together. Yes. Yes. All right. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. 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 That was Joy from the HSAA, the Home Sharing Association of America. There you go. <laughs> and we Some just eye opening stuff right there, man. Yeah, that was eye opening. And it was funny as soon as she said that we got that message saying <laughs> that Arlington PD is knocking on people's doors asking them if they have a short term rental. Wow, man. In and, America. And I literally and mahogany asked the lady, Hey, did you provide your contract tact information? And she said yes. And oh, at the meeting, at yeah, the city hall. I, yeah. Oh. And that's I was like that's why I was like, yeah, I'm good on that. Data wow. collection is easy, man. Damn. Just Easy. walked right into it. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's getting real out there, y'all. Yep. It's getting really real. And so I guess, you know, tune into. We're a small part of this. Tune into us, you know, to if you want to try to stay abreast of the situation. And uh, we'll do our best to get y'all the information, you know, you need. Yeah. And we, and we appreciate y'all listening to our show. And um, 
we keep to we hope to keep pumping out some good good stuff for you and yep. um yeah man get involved fight the fight don't let them just roll us over like they've been trying to do you know it's your house it's your property you know fight for it i mean this i mean if we don't have property in the united states what the hell do we have yeah and it's funny she brought up the fourth amendment that was something i never thought about you know like them coming to your door they can't come into your house you have rights so that was a really good point yeah not that I'm going to open the door when the police knock anyways, Micah. No, nah, no, nah, hide the dope. <laughs> no, <Nah>, I'm playing. <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing, man. But uh, yeah, man, uh, keep living, keep letting, keep thriving. Um, this is episode... 78. 78, man. We almost... We're 22 away from 100, man. We're right there, bro. Man. <laughs> we'll probably put something special together for that episode. Cool. But... Yeah, man. Uh, thank y'all for listening. Check out our merchandise at uh, LiveLetThrive.com. Um, check out our YouTube page. We got all the U- videos coming soon. Uh, check us out on Twitter, nah, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Instagram, definitely check out the Live Let Thrive page and the Share Bed and Breakfast page. We're always dropping some good game on there, man. We'll put all the links on there for you. You can find us. We're out there. Yeah. Live Google Let us. Thrive. Peace. Out. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Drive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.